Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two very special guests, Mr. Chris Ryder. Hello. And Miss Perry Gross. Hello there. And today we are talking about Imperium, released in 2016, written and directed by Daniel Radjesis, about Daniel Radcliffe infiltrating a neo-Nazi group. And I, I saw this movie, I feel like, when it initially came out a few years ago. And I remember seeing Tony in the second scene and getting so pumped and being so excited that she was in it. And I feel like that feeling is why I started this podcast. So this is a really seminal moment for me. I don't know about you guys. I didn't even hear about this movie. I literally like was so shocked when I saw him on the poster. I was like, they work together and I didn't know about it. And it was like four years ago. What? So I was exciting for me. I've yeah. never heard of this movie either. Does it even have a wide release, Sam? Did you see it in theaters? I don't know. I honestly think that I saw a trailer for it on YouTube mm. and then looked up like an illegal downloading site to watch it. Yeah, you it. probably watched it illegally. I don't know why you didn't tell me about it. That's kind of rude of you. Well, I guess we were probably in a fight at the time. What? <laughs> We've only had one fight in seven years and I don't think it was during this time. <laughs> I think that that fight predates this film. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I liked it. <laughs> When's the last time you guys got into a fight with your best friend? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Oh, wow. It's been a decade. <gasps> Ten years, easily. I'm pretty easy going. I'm pretty sure it was over the stupidest, like, undergrad reason. It was a girl. It was about a girl. He so drunkenly made out with her when I, I liked her. And then, uh, but boys will be boys. We just, I think we split a beer over like a subway foot long and then it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're both fat. This is that, that's how we, that's what we deal with issues. We get a that's how Sam and I made up too. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I just am mad at someone for years and never say anything. And that's, that's how my fights are. <laughs> You have to resolve it with your own, in, yeah, in your own like, mind. Yeah, because I feel like certain friends you have for so long that it's not even worth it because they're not going to change. And they're just like more core personality problems that I can't adjust. So I just <laughs> have to deal with it and, and simmer. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> I feel like that's what I tried to do during mine and Jake's fight. But then like we were like not fighting, but fighting. Yeah, it was kind of like a whole school year of like simmering undertones of tension and then it just kind of like just ended and then over the summer we just kind of looked at each other and we were like we're not fighting anymore right <laughs> yeah because our textual relationship over the summer is always so alive and like blossoming <laughs> what that's was how you know i really don't even know it i think was... we were just had some jealousy over new friends we were making because Jake and I used to, like, basically, um, we would, like, only hang out with each other in freshman, freshman year. year. We were and then around then. sophomore year, we both started branching out and making new friends. And we, like, didn't want to hang out with each other with the new friends. And it became this weird thing of, like, well, why can't I hang out with you and Jamie Bartolette? And then Jake being like, well, why can't I hang out with you when you're with Garrett Lyons? And <laughs> it was, like, very strange. <laughs> 
what what college did you guys go to? Marymount Manhattan College. Oh, okay. But yeah, fighting is um, fighting with friends. But now, flash forward um, yeah. seven years, and Sam and I are almost the only people we talk to from. Do college, you think so. that? Dan Bradcliffe's Nazi friend was mad at him at the end of this movie when he routed him out to the FBI. When he you call Radcliffe. him Dan well, Radcliffe? I don't. I don't. I, I don't remember his character's name. I, his name's. I call him Nate? Dan because of Harry Potter. Wait, what was his name? I think I don't know. I just it was him, Nate. I just called him Harry the whole time in my head. Same. That's all. He's always that. <laughs> he's always. He's always that character. I'm sorry. Okay, so have you guys seen him in? Um, in other stuff besides this and Harry Potter, because I realized I haven't really, I've seen him in The Woman in Black. I think that's it. I didn't see the movie where he was like a corpse with a boner, <laughs> but I wanted to. I haven't seen him in anything else. I saw Kimmy him. Schmidt. Oh, oh, he's on Kimmy Schmidt? Apparently the, the, he, the redo, epi- the new episode they did where you can like pick the interactive each character. One. Does. Yes. Wow. He's also, I saw him on Broadway in The Crippled Inishman. Mm, I saw him in How to Succeed in 2011. Legend thing. Did you see him in Equus? I I didn't, but but I had a friend who did. And we were all like, oh my God, she saw Dan Radcliffe in Equus. Doesn't he like have sex with a horse in that? Yeah. He was was naked in in all the promo material. I accidentally... Um, saw like a college production of Equus with my dad in high school. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, because I, I mean, I knew that he had sex with a horse, but I didn't know that he was going to have sex with a horse like on stage. Does so, he actually have sex with the horse? Does he Well, die? he he's he's riding a horse like the way that a horse he's he's riding a horse like normally but naked and yeah. then um, he comes on the horse. Yeah. So, was it more just the movement? Because I feel like if you have to have sex with a horse, maybe it was just an accident. If he's just yeah, on top of it. <laughs> he was he was he was like grinding his dick against like the horse's back. Basically. Okay. Uh, but it seemed like he kind of knew. Well, I actually don't know if he knew what he was doing. Um, but I think that he like tries to have sex with a girl later on, but he can't stop thinking about the horses. So then yeah. he blinds all the horses in the stable. Oh, yes. Wow. No, I'm, I'm trying to remember who was the woman in the play with him, with Daniel Radcliffe, because... This is like horse girls on Broadway, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> they should make an all-female Equus. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need to. There's so many, there's so many like undercover horse girls that yeah. whenever I find out, I'm never surprised. And there's too <laughs> many men fucking horses on Broadway. It's too many. It's not equal I don't think there's enough. I really think we need a revival of Equus. I'm happy <laughs> to do it. As long as Tony can be in it with me, I'll do it. Yes. What's a horse girl? What? What's a horse girl? Yeah. Um, <gasps> like everything that, that was just said, I was like, are they fucking with me? Are these no. Really Can we, um, I would love to unpack a horse girl today yes. on this podcast. I'll explain it and then you guys tell me if I'm correct. So this is what I, a horse girl is, I mean, it's very simply a girl that likes horses. Like kind of, that's really it. 
I kind of picture a girl from like Connecticut that, you know, when she was younger, was in like competitions and stuff. And then she has all horse stuff and is really obsessed with horse, like riding Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But then as they get older, it's kind of weird that they had this really elaborate, expensive hobby and then are obsessed with things that they ride. (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah, the prereq is that they're probably kind of affluent. You know, maybe a little, like, um, I don't know. Are they popular? It's, yeah, I feel like they're popular to an extent. I feel like horse, I feel like being a horse girl as a child is so normalized. Or at least it was when I was a kid. I think maybe partially because. It's a regional thing, too. Yeah, it's a regional thing. It's like a sign of wealth in a way. So it's kind of like capitalism convinced us all that something that's kind of weird wasn't weird. And as Mm. we grew up, we were like, wait. So it's also the equivalent, I would say, of like a Disney gay, uh, which is kind of, I identify with in some ways, but I also am self-aware. It's like someone who is uh, gay and also really, really likes Disney uh, it's a similar concept. Um, I love how these descriptions are exactly what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> it's an, the uh, but it's convention like, is not unique. It's kind of <laughs> like a childhood obsession that like informs the way you interact with people. It's a say. very yeah. weird yeah. like preoccupation with nostalgia. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. And I feel like where those two people and in- where those two types of people intersect is Starbucks. Yes. 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 And I can't right. explain it, but it's definitely true. It's like a holiday cup person that likes yeah. holiday cups. Yeah. Uh, so question. that's what you identify as, right, Chris? A holiday well, I, cup. I, oh my <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, my question is, how much Disney do you have to love to be a Disney gay? Because I well, love Disney. Like, I'll fight people over Disney. Okay, for me, well, are you gay? No. So you're a Disney straight. And (laughs) I feel like for me, I feel like it's just like sometimes like in order to feel peace, I'll put on like the soundtrack to Mulan. Fuck it. Interesting. And or, but I also identify extremely with Disney villains, which are very queer coded in a way. So that's this whole other thing. Uh, yeah but when you said disney street i just all that came to my mind was like gaston okay (laughs) and when you just said when you just said disney street all i'm thinking of is disney on the rocks Ooh. and what's what's the difference no like disney straight like disney on the rocks like alcohol (laughs) because i'm also (laughs) drinking constantly (laughs) there was i used to work um for espn that was owned by disney but there was a lot of undercover Ooh. Disney straights there, but mostly Disney straight women. <laughs> yeah, that sure. Was, that would um be very obsessed with Disney princesses. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. See, and I feel like, like Disney girl, see, I feel like horse girl is somewhat restricted to class, but Disney mm-hmm. girl knows All class, no all race, now. all gender, all... Yeah, it's very inclusive, except for the Jews, because Disney hates Jews. <laughs> Do they? Oh, yeah. Walt oh, Disney no. hated Jewish people. Yeah, he really did. But didn't he also hate Nazis? Mm, I don't know. Walt Disney is that guy who makes, like, a Facebook status that's like, I'm not sexist. I hate everybody equally. 
<laughs> yes. Well, and also, you know, Elsa is, is queer. Really? Yeah. But she's I also think. Aryan, so. Interesting. Yeah, Elsa's a white that. gay. But Idina Menzel, <laughs> but Idina Menzel is Jewish. But she has yeah. two Christmas albums. It's like, you know, you can't have everything. <laughs> yeah, but she's on, I, I feel like Idina Menzel is, is Broadway Jewish. She's not Disney Jewish. Yeah. She had kids with Tate Eggs. True. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. What does that mean? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it means whatever you want to me. It, it means she's uh, she's open-minded and fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, loving Rent when I was 10 and loving Adina Menzel and asking for one of her solo albums for Christmas and getting it. And one of the lyrics in one of her songs was, like, She's like in in the music video. She's singing to Tay Diggs, and they're like in the back of a car together. One of the lyrics is like, "The sex lasts for hours. You want me more, the less I shower." And I was so scandalized. Are you kidding? I was like, "Not <laughs> my alphabet. My alphabet <laughs> doesn't fuck at all." <laughs> oh my god! I can only imagine her voice like singing that lyric. Like, yeah, you like me when I don't shower. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys all theater kids? I feel like we have like a, that's, that's like a thing that I feel like runs very deep and I recognize it immediately with yeah. people in their adult age. Mm-hmm. I'm a theater Sam and I kid. have a degree in theater. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we of share course. it. <laughs> we share the same degree. Yeah, I knew that about you. I knew, I knew Sam was a theater kid just from listening to your open mic. I was just like, yep. <laughs> I, f- I hear it. I feel the pain. I feel the want to perform, but don't want to memorize. <laughs> well, it's like the, it's like a horse girl or, you know, it's, it's all, it's all wrapped up in there. They all find their way to the stage. Yeah. Horse girls, it's, like a, it's like a poor horse girl that wants to talk a lot more and is more sad. <laughs> <laughs> and wants to wear a lot of makeup and eyeliner. Yeah. 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 Were you a theater kid in high school, Chris? Uh, technically, yes. Okay. Uh, it was a very small. Tech? No, it was very small, all boys school. So we had a clear distinction between theater kids and kids who did theater. Uh, like kids who did theater who were like football kids who didn't want to do spring workouts. So I'll, I'll audition for the play. And there were so few kid oh. theater kids that. We had, like, well, all of our lead roles were, like, football players and basketball players. Oh, my God. Like, literally, Glee and High School Musical yeah. came to life <laughs> wow. in your school. hmm Who would you say was the Zac Efron of your high school? Of mine? Ooh. Well, the Zac Efron of my high school now supports Trump. So, because um, that's the school I went to. Like, south side of St. Louis. Very blue collar. Oh, wow. Very gritty. Um Actually, I wouldn't call anyone. No one, no one deserves Zac Efron in my school. No one. Sam was the Zac Efron of, of her school. No, I was the um, I was <laughs> I was the girl who was about to start singing during auditions and then gets scared and runs off. Oh uh, yeah, you're the mis- you're the mysterious girl that people were like, is she or isn't she going to audition this time? <laughs> <laughs> There was a Zac Efron in my school for sure. It was a big uproar in Les Mis, 2008. <laughs> oh, he was a, a jock? 
No, he was he was kind of like the school bully slash funniest guy in school, and he just uh, last minute decided to audition for Les Mis, and he got Jean Valjean. No, and all the gays were so the un, they weren't out yet because it was two thousand eight, but all the gays were so upset. Yeah. They were so mad because I mean Although, he's insane. No, it's I, a visual thing. It's looks. It was a visual thing. Yeah. The, I, yeah. I made a Facebook status in like fall of 2010 because I was worried about not getting a role in the school play, even though I was like, I should get a role. It's what I want to do with my life. So I made a Facebook status that said, if you're not seriously considering pursuing theater as a career, please don't audition for the school (laughs) play. (laughs) And all these people commented being like, what the fuck is the matter with you? And oh, then I, I approached, and then I and then I approached one of them on the bus. This kid Teddy Khan, who like didn't care about acting, he was like a nerd, but he auditioned and got the lead. And I was like, "Hey, I'm really sorry about my Rachel Berry moment on Facebook yesterday." Uh, and he wow. was like, "What?" I was like, "I was being a real Rachel, like from Glee." And he was like, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> And you're like, your next status is like, if you're, if you don't watch Glee and get Glee references, <laughs> you can't audition for the next play. Yeah. So what is, oh, go. The guy's a, the guy that like was supposed to get John Valjean, his mom like went to the principal to complain. She oh was my so God. kidding. No, we, we do not like the parents doing that kind of thing. Yeah. This is do like we? senior <laughs> of high school. This is not like, um, 14 year olds. This is like an 18 year old adult boy <laughs> i mean i get it it's a doggy dog world like i went to an art school and everyone was quote-unquote interested in pursuing it as a career from age 11 so it was a tough competition but i rose above i was in everything and then i went to college and i was in nothing <laughs> so that's how it works yeah and then i did improv for a whole year last year and and now i'm doing this in my home i love it Where did you that's do my that? career Oh, all over the place. Sam and I had a, an indie team, and then we won big awards. We took classes at the Magnet. Ah, uh, yes. It's yeah. still open. Yes. I'm like, UCB, how's it Woo-hoo! feel to eat shit, UCB? <laughs> <laughs> Amy Poehler, come suck my dick. Okay. Should we talk about the movie? I was thinking we could easily pivot from uh, talking about toxic masculinity to this movie. Ah. Which we did. We were just talking about um, you know, Disney straights. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> masculinity. Um, so yeah. I don't think Daniel Radcliffe's character in this movie is a Disney straight. No. It's really interesting because he doesn't really get a lot of screen time as his own, like, pers- his own, like, personality. True. Um, do we want to run down what happens really quick before we get into it? Yeah, uh, so Dan Radcliffe works with the FBI and the movie begins with uh, like them capturing somebody uh, and Dan talks to him in Arabic and gets him to confess, basically. But Dan is concerned that this guy wouldn't have acted without the FBI informant kind of egging him along. And Tony Collette is like, exactly let's go chase these white supremacists who are planning to be violent and don't need the fbi to make them uh and he's like okay and goes undercover as a white supremacist and sort of like rises up in the ranks and 
eventually, spoiler alert, they catch some white supremacists who are about to uh, do a bomb. And they want to start a race war. Yes. There's also that. Similar to the OKC bomber, I think, was what they were comparing to. Uh, Tony Collette's hair is very short in this. It's very nice. It's very season three, United States of Terror. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, She's great in this. Yeah. They really work well opposite each other too. I was I was happy with that. Yeah. And I think Daniel is a really good actor. Like I I always knew that, but like sometimes I got so blinded by my Harry Potter obsession that like didn't matter if they were good or not. I still liked it. But then like he's really good. I feel he like he's just quirky enough. But like this is a good part for him, I feel yeah, like Yeah, yeah. And I really I thought that it was like really well written too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you guys think? I thought it was great. I mean, shout out to, uh, for Tony Collette, her like small little plug to Nicorette gum. Cause like every other scene, she's just smacking away. <laughs> I know. She's, she's just, nom, 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 nom. I wonder if scene, that was her like, idea or not. <laughs> <laughs> she had to give her character something. Rec, um, I was, it always throws me off because I've only known him as Harry Potter with an English accent. And then to hear him, his American accent be so fucking perfect. And as I just said, I had to look it up. I didn't know Tony Collette was Australian. I know. So, like, both of them just spot on, spot on American accents. Great. And uh, Toby from This Is Us, I thought was amazing in it. Oh, like yeah. Those, I screamed those when I thought Those weird little that. intense moments where, like, nothing happens, but that, like, ominous musical undertone gets me all, like, on the edge of my seat. Great movie, yeah. Wait, who is, who is this? He was the, um, like, the director sort of. Klansman. He, he was the guy with uh, the beard. With the beard, right. I, yes, yeah. that is him. Oh my god. I thought that that was totally... Jesse Plemons. <laughs> who was the guy who played the like the main one that ended up being the one who had the bomb? Like the the, the polite Nazi? The dad? The polite Nazi, yeah. He, was like, he looked familiar character. too. He looked familiar too. Yeah, he was a good actor. Mm. Um, did anybody see Black Klansman? Yes. Yeah. Very similar, like, Mm -hmm. ideas, but interesting because, you know, this movie didn't really have a lot of, or, like, any, you know, people of color in the supporting cast, except for the guy at the beginning who they arrested. Um, But I guess that would have been, I guess you could argue it would have been interesting if, like, the Tony character was, like, a black woman or or something. That would have been... Or someone that yeah, it's weird gone a little it's, deeper with that, but whatever. it's weird because I feel like most of the characters in the movie are Nazis. Like something that occurred to me is mm-hmm. that usually when I make Instagram posts for episodes, I take like a still from the movie and Photoshop our faces onto it. But I can't just Photoshop our faces onto a Nazi rally. And those are the only group scenes in the movie. So I have no idea what I'm going to do. Why don't you just make four alternate, like, ones of us on the poster? Like, as Daniel Radcliffe. Just Maybe. do Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and just put us yeah. in. <laughs> just change the name to Imperium. And then, you know, we could be the Harry Goblet Potter of Fire. and the Imperium. Yeah, Imperium. I I feel like I'm surprised this movie wasn't bigger. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It it did like freak me out because just thinking that this is just happening all the time. 
even more now. I mean, it's gotten worse since 2016. Yeah, this yeah. was this was released like August of 2016. So, oh my god, like before, before the election, before the election. Yeah. Wow. So interesting because also Black Lives Matter really got a lot of initial publicity in like 2014, right? Or 2015. Yeah. But it wasn't like something people really took seriously to the extent that they do now. Um, but I'm wondering, cause like, you know, this kind of social movements weren't really like talked about a lot pre-Trump either. So maybe that's why it didn't make more of an impression. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's also a downer movie. I mean, it's also yeah. a, it's a it's a huge downer. Yeah, like all it's those also, montages of like hate yeah. rallies and like real stuff. Yeah, yeah. the movie I mean, it, is it was, so yeah. it's so good at like building tension mm-hmm. too, especially the photo montage of this is also just me being uh, like very uneducated, but the photo montage of all these different like white supremacist terrorists um and i'm just looking through all the pictures going like don't know that one don't know that one don't know that one and then the picture of dylan roof it's like mm-hmm. ah, that was yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and think about all the others that they hadn't included that were gonna come yeah yeah like that's what was kind of i was i don't know i wrote i wrote down fun notes notes and um yeah because I, I feel like it was, I don't know, maybe it was, like, ahead of its time a little bit, because I, f- I feel like, because when, d- when did the um, the Charlottesville thing happen in 2018, oh, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that, like, March was, like, really triggering with that. I feel, I feel like, like yeah. yeah. The rallies were definitely, like, the rallies, like, that they depicted in the movie, I feel like I didn't really have a visual for them in like our current society until Charlottesville, you know, like it wasn't like a a very newsworthy, it wasn't like it was newsworthy or like it wasn't shown as often. Or like um, with the, when they were driving away in that car, I was thinking that, I don't know, when did that, that also happened after this movie where like a protester was run over. Yeah. Yeah. when he was like going backwards, I thought that right. I feel like I, I feel like that it was like not yeah imitating right. that. Yeah, I feel like that was around like that might have been in Charlottesville, but I'm not sure. Definitely think, around the same time. I think it was. There, yeah. there were a few weird like instances of people mowing over protesters around that time. It was really gross. Yeah. Um, I uh, thought it was kind of interesting the way. Sorry. Sitting, uh, the way they um readjusted, like, um, or they like showed different types of um white supremacists, like, they have you know, they have the the what are they called skinheads, like the one like the guys who yeah. are kind of trashy and they just hang out and beat people up, and then you have like which they didn't end up playing a very big part, which I was that was interesting. And then, like, we have the polite guy, you know, who's actually the dangerous one. And then you have, like, this, like, organized militia. And then, and then like, the talk show host, Lady Bird's dad. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder why he looked familiar. And like, he I looked, didn't realize that that was him until I read the Wikipedia page yeah, today. Yeah, he looks so different. He looks like I, Rush Limbaugh. I the, thought you had just sent me, like, a random picture of Tracy Letts. 
No, it was him in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Jake <laughs> sent me a picture today of Tracy Letts in the movie and was like, look, it's Tracy Letts. And I was like, oh, I wonder what he's watching. Sorry, I keep looking around. I just, if like, if you hear screams, it's just a, it's just a mouse and a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, thought I saw something. I'm like so paranoid. It's just talking about white supremacists and then there's a creature just scurrying around. I'm oh just like... <laughs> You know what? You and the mouse have more in common than a white supremacist. That's true. That wow. is true. So, you know, if we all band together, we can defeat the evil. <laughs> I thought um, the the scene where he was kind of like by that waterfall was really good oh, yeah. acting. He was yeah. so good in that. Um, very Soprano-esque, though. I was like, all right. <laughs> oh, because he's like, that's when, like, the guy from This Is Us is like, you think that he's on to him. Like, he's gonna, like, push him into the river or something. Yeah. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah. But I was like, there's 45 minutes left of this movie. They haven't uncovered the truth yet. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I look how much time was left before uh, panicking. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, really impressed with this film for how well it made me like scared for Daniel Radcliffe even though I had seen the movie already and like knew how it ended every time it seems like he was in danger I got afraid yeah it was really good at suspense building especially like what like you were saying when he was in the truck at the protest and like I was like oh no they're gonna kill him for being a white supremacist and he's not <laughs> yeah also I wish they'd brought more they diluted more they brought it back when he like yelled the n-word at this guy he knew oh yeah yeah because that was so horrible like the fact that he had he was undercover and he like literally had to keep his cover by like doing that but like we didn't know that guy at all so it wasn't like and it's not like discussed or ruminated on afterwards he should have ruminated on it i thought he was i wish there was more after that where he like finds that guy and was like hey man just so you know i'm in the fbi i love (laughs) genuinely i i was thinking about that today like in the like washing my hands i was like he should really like approach that guy afterwards it should have been the last scene yeah that was like a rant also i don't know if you guys were triggered by this and maybe just because i'm there was people wearing masks. Yes. In the crowd. Yeah. They were, and they were like the protesters, the yeah. counter protesters. I mean, for the anti fascism. Antifa. I was like, oh my God. Well, it's now I'm triggered when I, see people, when I see people <laughs> yeah. not wearing masks in movies. Now I'm triggered. I'm like, very <laughs> No, it's true. Now when I see it not happening, like when I was watching Emily in Paris, I mean, I wanted her to wear a mask and also be dead, but. <laughs> Did you hear that that show is actually supposed to be pronounced Emily in Paris? No. I hate that shit. It's supposed to, they were supposed to, it was supposed to rhyme with Emily. Perry oh. Emily. Like, Did you watch that show? Who watched that show here? I didn't Sorry, watch I didn't. it, but I, I want to. I watched a few episodes. I watched the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) All I know about it is that everyone watched it and everyone was complaining about it nonstop. It's just, as like a big Sex and the City fan, it's just just disappointing. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's good to know because I love Sex and the City, so. Yeah, you'll be very upset with uh, Candace. I mean, it's just like, I don't know what what he was thinking i think he just wanted to be hip anyway sorry i just uh no 
that was like i i could not imagine what you were going through while you watched emily <laughs> perry because oh it was i mean not the worst time in quarantine the worst time in quarantine was when i watched all of skins uk the whole series. oh no it's oh really my good. god i'm gonna no, say that it's really I, good <laughs> it is good, but this I tried Wait. to watch that six years ago, and I literally had to stop because it made me too depressed. Why? Can you do your In impression of the of the girl Iffy or whatever? Effie? No, Effie? you mean Cassie? Cassie. My impression? Yes. Oh, you have an impression. Oh, uh, great. Uh, uh. It's, it's like a partially My visual. My favorite. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so safe, yeah. No, I love. Um, well, I love her in Game of Thrones. I didn't finish Skins, but no, I, I wanted to. I love teen drama, but it was too heavy for me as a 20-year-old. Maybe I could handle it now, but. Wow. <laughs> it took it off Netflix, and I watched the rest of it on YouTube, so that's how desperate I was. It's on YouTube? Uh, some, not all. Mm. It's really hard to find. I cried when they took it off Netflix when I wasn't finished yet. It's okay. We've all, oh we've all had our bad times. <laughs> We have, you know, this movie was on Peacock. I watched it on Peacock with uh, with commercials. Oh. oh. Peacock I is actually see. free if you want to sit through a bunch of commercials every five minutes. So yeah. I had you, you need your Parks and Rec fix, <laughs> it's on Peacock. It would be like him, he would be like, you know, like interacting with like several people with swastikas and then it would cut to like L'Oreal. <laughs> yeah. and i was like i can't believe this is how we just used to watch everything <laughs> i they kind of thought her. at that uh at the polite nazi party when that girl brought out cupcakes from oh far away God, it, it, it kind of looked like they had swastikas on them but they did they did, they did. They did. okay i feel like i <laughs> they were just bad they were bad cupcakes but they were definitely they were really bad yeah. swastikas <laughs> i can't believe i just drew one in the air <laughs> <laughs> just like, like trying to visualize. Trying to remind me what a swastika looks like. Yeah, it's like <laughs> down, over, up. Over. Yeah. I actually thought about that during the movie when they go, when the kids talk about their tree building, whatever it is. I'm thinking, oh, the cupcake's probably so ugly because they probably had their kids do them. Oh. Yeah. What were the mud people? That I was curious about as that's well. Just like, I think that's just like a slang term for like any non-white race. Like mudblood. Okay. Yeah, like mudblood. Oh. Yeah, the mudbloods. Actually, it was about the mudbloods. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe was like... <laughs> oh, my God. I need you know, one I Harry still... Potter reference in every movie. I'm sorry. I literally, like... St- I, sometimes I don't even say mudblood because it's a slur. <laughs> and then I remember that J.K. Rowling is transphobic, so I'm like, oh, well, I guess I it doesn't matter if I say mudblood. But... I feel like... I feel like she didn't ruin it, though, because everyone in the movies is just like, she's a crazy old lady now so i feel well, like yeah like she's ruined but i feel like i could say comfortably that i don't think the series is ruined because she's just an idiot and kind of going against exactly what her books are about it makes no sense it's yeah. exactly how i feel especially since it was also like 10 years ago that it ended like we can have these memories separate you know it's like a, it's its own thing i will not give her any more money but i can I still have all this other stuff that I already yeah. bought, so it's fine. <laughs> I, ju- I just Googled mud people, and, appar- and apparently it is a racial slur, but it's, um, it's like niche enough 
that it's also a name for a kind of person in the Artemis Fowl series. Oh. Because I looked up mud people and the top two results were like an article about racism and then the Artemis Fowl like Wikipedia and there's a page for mud people and the guy (laughs) is white. (laughs) He's just like a guy who likes mud, I guess. Oh, maybe it's a slur for Italian ex people. Oh, no. (laughs) Is it? Um... This, this entry goes, the mud people, or humans, are a group of beings who live on the surface of the earth, having ousted mm. the fairy civilization long before. I remember that. So mud people is just that. what Artemis Fowl creatures call humans. Well, I don't think that's what this movie was referring to. I don't think that's what it meant. Yeah, the indoctrination of. The I guess that's was what it sad. was like to write books before <laughs> Google. You could just like make up terms and then 20 years later be like, oh, be fuck, like, that was already. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. I feel like they did, they called, they did that with the kids to sound like more cute too. Like the kids said mud people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that we would have wanted the child actors to say the N word. <laughs> no. Or, or the S. Like imagine if the, they did. I mean, that, that like, did anyone else think, though, that the dad, the nice dad was hot? Yeah. Silver okay. Fox. Right? Like, yeah. physically. But- obviously. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone, did anyone else think, think it was kind of hot, the way that that dad hated the Jews? <laughs> I kind of, like, did anyone kind of, maybe this is just my filter, but did anyone kind of think that he was going to make out with it? <laughs> Me too. I actually thought yeah. he was going to do something. Oh, my I God. Did. No, I was watching it with Tony, and he thought that, too. And I was like, you're being insane. (laughs) No, it's true, because it's, like, they both like classical music, and, like, nobody likes classical (laughs) music. So I feel like that's enough of a draw for, like, you know, two neo-Nazis to kiss. Yeah. Or, like, a fake neo-Nazi and a real one. It would have been a fun moment, for sure. Yeah, it would have been fun. What would have been yeah. more fun is Tone is Daniel telling Tony Collette about it after. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, You made out. Oh wow. <laughs> she's like, I remember when I made out with me and Nazi when I was undercover. <laughs> what did she what did she do undercover? I wonder what her like undercover thing was. Yeah, I wanted to specify what she did. But she um, did have those experiences when, because she, she sees herself in in a young mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe. That was like a, a young, nubile Daniel Radcliffe. Like, <clears throat> like I remember those days, like before I was like a suburban mom. It's like she didn't need to be like a suburban mom. Yeah. Like you don't think I'm mommy material? <laughs> Look at my haircut. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> um, it's like one of my eight notes I took. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you think I have this haircut because I like it? Okay. I mean, it, was, it looks good. It looks good, but yeah. I guess it's a real. It's she a real can pull thing. that hair off, but I don't know how. Like, it's pretty terrible. I would not recommend anyone I know to get the haircut, but on Tony, it's fine. <clears throat> it didn't look. It didn't look bad on her, but I did think it was a wig at some points. It might have been. She wears a lot of wigs. She also yeah. loves to shave her head. She does. She will shave her head for, like, any reason. I think that she said on Seth Meyers that she, like, sometimes 
takes roles because <laughs> they will let her shave her head. Well, yeah, she shaved her head like three times in the 90s. Oh, for, 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 for her cancer movie with Drew Barrymore. Oh, she was, yeah. Because she really shaved her head for it. And she went on Seth Meyers and she was like, I love shaving my head. That movie is so sad, you guys. I don't know if you've heard of it, but Miss You Already is what it's called. We covered it a couple weeks ago. It stars Tony Collette. Ever seen. Okay, it stars Tony Collette and Drew Barrymore <clears throat> and was not released in the United States at all. It's just a solely English film. America, so America just let England have it. <laughs> it's too sad. Tony has cancer. Drew is her best friend, and it's the saddest thing you've ever seen. But it's so Did he die? Yes. No spoilers. Oh, yeah. It's called <laughs> Miss You Already. She definitely <laughs> dies. <laughs> the I movie opens with, like, I'm gonna miss you a lot. That's the name of it. <laughs> Does it open with her, like, cutting, like, I feel like every cancer movie is just, like, <clears throat> begins with someone just shaving their head, and then their partner also shaves their head with them after. Um, yeah. I think it, shaved her head. I think it opens with Drew Barrymore saying, like, it's like a voiceover set to a montage of like Polaroids of the two of them. And yeah. to Barrymore being like, me and my best friend used to have so much fun, but not anymore because she's dead. So it's not <laughs> even a spoiler. <laughs> I don't think she says she's dead, but like she finds out. She says something. She... She's like, it ends with like, but not anymore. She, the, actually the opening montage is like them being kids together and then being hot young women together. And then Tony gets her diagnosis and like, so, can you not it, correct me in front of our guests? <laughs> oh, I'm not <laughs> correcting you. I'm just like speci- I'm just I, I'm just make, spreading out the layers of the first. Oh, it's not my fault that you want to lie to them about how this movie opens. <laughs> I'm never gonna watch it. Never. I better watch it. I bought it on iTunes. <laughs> it's so good. I bought Imperium on Amazon because I was afraid to use the link that you sent because I watched it on my work computer and I was like, I don't want this to be the reason why it all ends. <laughs> like for this me. neo-Nazi movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Perry. Like we see some illegal activity. You bought a, a a niche Daniel Radcliffe film about white supremacists. What's ha- what's going on? <laughs> But Skins wow. is fine. I, I, I'm comfortable with watching that. Yeah. Like low-key porn. It's fine. <laughs> God. My teen sister uh, was trying to get me to watch Euphoria. I was like, I'm simply too old. I want to watch it, but like... It's just the new Skins. It's, it's actually yeah. it's actually really good. Yeah? Like it. It's like a HBO Degrassi with everyone's in a shade of blue. <laughs> yeah. The cinematography like, is so interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. My brother, <clears throat> yeah, my brother pilot. really likes it. He's um, he's not a Disney gay. He's like a Gaga gay. That's oh, I am cool. too. Oh, you're a Gaga gay. I'm, okay, I'm both. I'm both. Oh, you're both. Okay, you're very, he's not a Disney gay. <laughs> but um, he's a he's an opera Gaga gay. He's an opera singer. And he's obsessed with Euphoria, like obsessed with it. So, wow. I like Zendaya. I think. Yeah, you like but her, you like this a lot. Well, that's the Disney. My sisters game, love it. My sister Both will like them? make me listen to the soundtrack in the car. Okay, since they're younger, do you feel that it glorifies drugs for them? Because that's my main thing with it is that I'm like yeah. not sure how responsible it is with depictions of stuff. Yeah, Just because it's so pretty. And, and not that I don't give 
younger people credit for making their own choices. I just think it's like, I'm not sure. I think it does a little bit, but it also, I don't know. I think it's really good when it comes to um, like queer education stuff though. I feel like it's really good with that stuff. But with drugs, it's sort of a little stupid and out of hand. Or maybe I just feel like left out because when I was 15 years old, I like, like I didn't even like drink alcohol. So I'm like, what are these oh, yeah. kids doing? Like, how do they same, know what same. Xanax is? So I guess, I don't know. It's just sort of like, they're very young and they're doing like really hard like, <clears throat> psychedelics and, and mostly pills. Right. Yeah. When I was in high school, there was this girl who uh, showed up like, or I think that she like in the bathroom took a bunch of Xanax and was super fucked up while she was manning the bagel Friday table, which was every Friday a student would sell bagels off of like a folded table in the hallway. <laughs> and we had to we had to like help her sell the bagels because she couldn't do it herself. And we thought that it was like funny. But I think that that's also kind of before we knew that Xanax was like super dangerous. Sure. That sounds like a FBI front. <laughs> Bagel Friday. Yeah, I just feel You're like, like undercover. Those kids were not yeah. kids. That was like Tony Collette, like, <laughs> like trying to infiltrate. Chewing. It doesn't sound like a real yeah. scenario that happened. It was like um, it 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 was like because I went to a really okay. So for the second half of high school, I went to like normal school in the morning and then would take a bus to like a BOCES program in the afternoon where I took classes in theater because I was super serious about it. And uh, it was a super small school. I think that there were only like 40 people in my graduating class. So we would, uh, the Bagel Friday table was the school would buy bagels and then like sell them at a higher price to the students to raise money for the prom. (laughs) (laughs) My school had a similar thing. It was, um, but it was the speech coach who was also the math teacher would sell very good, very greasy pizza at like 8 a.m. every, every day. Yeah. Um, between classes uh, at 8 a.m. Only mm-hmm. at 8 a.m. This pizza. And it was like $5. And it was called, this period of time was called Access. I'm just confused about this. this. is all coming back to me now. Yeah, like what the students these, like, have access to the building. because To it's the like, pizza. Uh, yeah, to the building. <laughs> it's so weird. I didn't have like any, no teachers like sold things on the side. <laughs> she also sold muffins. <laughs> She also sold a bunch of really good muffins. Like people would always go in. People would always just like stop. I had her for math and people would like come in and look, try to buy a muffin from her while she was teaching. And I, I think she let them. Or she would like go class to class with muffins too. These are all undercover agents. Yeah, no, I'm with her. I'm, I think this is all drugs. Yeah, <laughs> Tony, Tony would. This is all 21 Jump Street in your eyes. Yeah. Tony would be so, I'm just realizing Tony would be so good at playing Miss Davies. Like. <laughs> Wow, yeah. Teacher. This was she like the would... crazy one, right? Oh, I had so many crazy ones. She was a good math teacher. Um, she kind of looked like a bird. Oh, never mind. You had like a science teacher who was like... Yeah, she was deranged. She was fully, <laughs> fully unhinged in every way. Yeah. What like area did you guys go to school? Like was it like East Coast? Uh, I was I on Long Island. Long Island. Denver. Where'd you go? Denver. Oh, okay. Colorado. All right, we got a we got a wide mix of 
FBI oh, territory. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Westchester. So like a different Long Island. Yeah. yeah. Wait, where in Westchester? Um, I went to Byron Hills, which is like the Armonk school district. Oh, like, okay. I grew up in like right. Pleasantville. But Yeah. Um, um Tim McHale is from Pleasantville, I think. I think he did stand up. Oh, he did stand up on my on for the first time on the first everyone said virtual show wait is, am i thinking of a different am i thinking i think that you're thinking show? of a different anyways this guy oh timothy paul shaker sorry oh yeah okay that's a different person he's so i felt so bad because he was supposed to be on the march everyone sad show oh, that's it's like right. my first one doing it virtually and then that was the first time he did stand up <laughs> i was like i am you're the bravest man to ever walk the yeah. earth yeah. And now no one does Zoom shows anymore. Well, at least I don't. I can't. I, yeah. I don't like it. You know, I've yet to do a Zoom show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the pros and cons? Um, well, I, I had a monthly show at The Magnet for like a couple years called Everyone is Sad, the best uh, title of a show ever to be created ahead of its time, just like Imperia. <laughs> um, I did it. I did the virtual show March to June and then I stopped doing it. Um, the pros are like, it's fun. Cause you're just sort of like a good way to talk to your friends. So I kind of just picked people that I wanted to see visually. The cons is just, um, you don't really get the best reaction. I like had all the yeah. comics keep their mics on. So you would hear like the laughs from them. At least the first mm-hmm. one I did, there was no laugh. It was just these like horrible oh. monologues. That was because, well, Magnet was streaming their shows on Twitch, so you couldn't hear any audience at all. Yeah, the first one I did, they told me that I couldn't keep that on, and then the second one I was like, no, no, we're keeping on the performers because it's just, like, deafening to not It's fucking insane. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, it's just, you might as well just start a vlog and just, like, lay yourself to rest. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh... And then, like, I mean, the cons are that. And then also, like, after the show, like, my favorite part of doing stand-up is, like, the hang afterwards mm-hmm. and, like, kind of, like, debriefing and, like, talking about it. I mean, Samantha's been on, like, my mic and my shows. And, like, it's just so f- – that's that's my favorite yeah. part. Is, like, we just go to, like, a creepy bar after. Yeah. With, like, leather couches. Yeah, so it's just, like, you don't have that – like you just kind of do this like sort of okay show with a few reactions and then you just turn around and there's a bed that's like in your apartment and then you just like have a beer by yourself it's just like sad i don't know i just like didn't like to do it anymore i felt really lonely after them yeah zoom is like zoom is like that that like a really good friend you had for like a really short period of time and then like now you, can, you don't ever want to see them again it's like i feel like zoom i was zooming everyone i know for like a multitude of reasons i was going to zoom plays went to a zoom mic with sam and then yeah, like, the mic and like now i mean that was interesting that was like an interesting one anyway because it was like a um you know it was like um unprompt a prompted not a, like a prompted. it was colin rankin's mic where okay. he gives you like suggestions and it's like an improv so there was like a powerpoint to follow you know but like now i feel like i only want to zoom for this because i can never see people's 
like upper torso ever again the same way like it's just like <laughs> the only and, cool thing is like seeing people on the news is like houses <laughs> well it's also like i don't know i guess because i'm just like on my computer all day like the last thing i want to do is then zoom with someone the same way i've been talking to people all day or just like on my screen. So I just don't want to be doing that anymore. It's sad because I feel like I have no friends anymore. So I just don't want to Zoom with anyone, but whatever. They'll come back, maybe. And if they don't, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's also like when I was in high school, I didn't really have any friends at school and all my friends were online. So when quarantine started, I was like, well, I'm going to be great at this because <laughs> I'm just going to regress back to high school. But that turned out to have some problems because I wasn't <laughs> the best person in high school and I wasn't in the best <laughs> frame of mind. So now I'm just like, what's up, you guys? Anybody want to ruin a relationship and drink a Four loco? Like, <laughs> sad. Like, where do we go from here? Like, first we had 2020, we had Zoom. Then we have, like, outdoor margaritas for a little bit and now it's like going back inside like what do we do i don't want to i don't want to zoom and then i don't, I don't want to go to like almond or margaritas so it's like what's the next era of socialization is this maybe the part just nothing of, is this the part of the podcast where we lose our minds <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's this isn't an interesting roller coaster podcast <laughs> it's like Sorry, I, if i've been diverting it i work no. out i don't know how to be on them is that funny we love we love <laughs> tangents you guys and, are the only people that have asked me to be on a podcast, and I think, <laughs> like, very unwise. I mean, I work for, for a podcast. <laughs> I could help millions, and no one wants to ask me. So this is just, you guys are the only smart ones here. <laughs> None of my friends want to have me on. It's so weird. I don't know why. <laughs> I, it's also... Thank you for um, That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited that you're here because I actually saw an Everyone Is Sad a while ago. And That's you were really right. Funny and great. You came oh, when really? I was on it. I thought you were great. Well, we could hang out if you literally live like underneath That's the Asian restaurant that I do. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live at 84th in York, but I don't live there anymore. Uh. I was supposed to have my 30th birthday that was going to be a roast at Ryan's daughter. Oh, I thought you were going to say at Starbucks. At <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks. Well, for my 31st, we could all congregate outside. Yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> Ryan's daughter's cool. Sam and I went there one time after this kid we went to college with died um, to celebrate him. Yes. That's not how I saw that would turn, but... <laughs> I just saw it. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up, Sam. No, it's okay. That the was only also... time I've been there. No, Jesus that. Christ. No, I'm not driving there now. <laughs> he just wanted to bond, and that's all. Yeah, I was like, oh, what is he going to say next? He went to a birthday party. Sorry, no, sorry. Honor our friends. <laughs> no, it's okay because that was also the day that I got stood up by a guy that I had been on like two dates with. Uh, I went on like really? two dates with a guy and then oh, I yeah. and then and then I was like, well, because I was living on Long Island at the time and I was like, well, I'm going to be in the city on for a Saturday for like for like a vigil <laughs> for my friend that died. Do you want to hang out after? And he was like, yeah, text me. And I was like, for sure. And then I got to the vigil and I and I was like. I think I'm gonna be leaving here soon. Like, when do you want to hang out? He never texted me again. Oh God! And I was like, that is unkind. <laughs> it's, uh, it's truly uncouth that he would do that. 
He was like, I think that this girl who's trying to fuck after her dead friend's vigil might be a little bit fucked up. That's the best time to do that, though, isn't it? I'm like, like when you're like having and also like, mixed emotions I, and sadness. And I'm also like, I live, I live on Long Island. You live in the city. Like, what am I gonna do? Come to the city and not fuck you? <laughs> like, you have to get it all in one day. Yeah. This is a difficult movie to um, like joke <laughs> <Right>. about. <laughs> I feel like that's why we keep going on tangents. No, because yeah, it's a good movie. No real complaints. And it's mm-hmm. just like a very I heavy did. subject. I really did like it. I really liked it. I thought that it was funny how Daniel Radcliffe finds out all the different kinds of Nazis there are. Now I know more people that hate me that I didn't even know about. <laughs> had an interesting i wrote this i thought it was an interesting moment uh when he okay this is a sidebar but i texted myself notes because i was watching it in the bathtub um <laughs> peace <laughs> sorry um too, too much information but i t- my notes are texts to myself and the the name is maybe jake everhart and I, it's me Spoiler alert phone, it's me. Uh, no, but anyways, when he goes to, when they find out that they patted him down and they realize he's wearing Levi's, which are Jewish jeans, um, and that almost gives him away. And then he's like, you can't take down the movement by um, not wearing jeans that your brother gives you or whatever. I don't know, it just reminded me of the plastic straw argument. Like, you know, don't, don't use a plastic straw, save the planet. But I'm like, well, I'll do that when McDonald's stops pouring out, you know, beef water into <laughs> whatever they do. You know what I mean? The meat industry. McDonald's is doing something. We don't know exactly what it is. <laughs> like the meat industry, like waste so much water. Like like me just using making a shit straw. up about McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, like Yelling, oh, Sam, McDonald's is terrible. But, you know, you leave. I know. Like, we don't accomplish anything by using plastic straws on the level that, like, the, the corporations do. That's what I'm trying to say. He was using that argument against them. Yeah. It's just the improv there. Oh, McDonald's is pouring beef beef water, water. <laughs> into the oil wells, into the fracking, you know, and Joe Biden will keep fracking. Thank God. Thank God. We love fracking. I uh I, I, I loved the I loved the polite dad Nazi who says that he avoids the political stuff. Oh, oh my god. It's like you're a Nazi. <laughs> Um, I, the, the subplot with the Alex Jones guy who was Tracy Letts and how Dan Radcliffe gets in his good graces by talking to him about advertising. I was like, I wonder how Perry feels about this. Cause it's basically, he just goes up to him. He's like, have you thought about getting a MeUndies sponsorship? (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. And he's, it's so vague. I'm like, why would he believe this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how, I mean, I thought that was really interesting with that character because it is, I kind of believed him in the sense of, like, he just makes money off this with these, like, idiots. True. Like, there was, like, It's like Fox News. Yeah, it's just, it's, it reminded me of Alex Jones because he is just sort of this, you know, czar character. (laughs) So I felt like that whole thing when he was in the interrogation room and he just said that's an like he went to the FBI because he didn't want to be 
you know, entangled with Daniel Radcliffe if he was going to do something crazy. So I feel like a lot of these, you know, these like Fox News, media Mongol people, they don't really give a shit at all. They just want to make money off these things. That's what that guy was like. He was like his podcast. I was like, his podcast looked like a bunch of like shows that I deal with where they're just like in their basements or whatever. It's just the same thing. Like these are where these guys reside, these little trolls in their mom's like kitchens and stuff but um yeah i was also wondering who uh pays for that house if it's him or his mom because i feel like if the mom's paying the mortgage then she should put a stop to his podcast you know she says you're living under my roof but then it's like if he pays for the house i felt like he was living there to like keep himself safe from the from like the from the afl oh yeah because i thought it was nice to see the hierarchy of the danger of these people I thought was interesting with with sort of like that low level skinhead guy that like attacks mm. that couple is sort of like not going to do that much harm compared to the nice dad or ultimately the the um Alex Jones guy who's kind of spewing the information so sort of yeah. like that mid-level guy is the most dangerous which I feel like is basically right and what we've seen happen in our lifetimes more to come the, like, <laughs> and like different levels of like um you know danger they live in too as far as like you know being ostracized rightly you know for their terrible views but it's like i kind of thought it was interesting how they feel marginalized because they've kind of marginalized themselves by being horrible like seeing the counter seeing the counter protesters from the other side yeah was interesting because i'm like oh my god they are being framed as like antagonists in this scene even though normally i would be there on that side it was scary when they like got up to the car i wasn't sure like who they were at first i didn't think they were they were both scary Mm -hmm. violence is is um is violence i thought it I thought it was funny when Alex Jones was uh, doing that interview talking about how, like, the Nazis are being antagonized by the AFL. And he's like, "These Antifa is bringing hockey sticks, D batteries, and urine balloons. And then, and then an Antifa throws a piss balloon at Dan Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. Oh, he does? He took it right in the face. I was like, oh, my God, Praxis. <laughs> And this summer, we learned that um, racists don't like um, potatoes and soup thrown at them. Which Wait, is, Trump is was trying to spin. No, Trump was literally like saying things in like June and July, like they're throwing uh, oh, tuna they're throwing and soup at the police. It's very dangerous because it's literally like a soup can. It's so dangerous. <laughs> he literally said this thing. So. Stranger than fiction. <laughs> Something about the weight of the soup, Trump said, was especially harmful. Yeah. Did soup, I just pictured like someone throwing like a bucket of soup, not a can. No, I a can of soup, like, yeah. Like, but like a can of soup would hurt. Like... <laughs> yeah. Just little, like, and with a light hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dousing a little clam chowder on, on them. It's like uh, when somebody like tosses her drink at somebody in a bar. Yeah, they're, they're doing that, but with clam chowder. That's probably the worst soup 
to get on yourself. It's just a martini glass full of clam chowder. Or, you know, <laughs> if you're wearing like white uh, chili, obviously it would be detrimental to your day. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Okay. Do we have an, uh, do we have any other notes about the film before we move on to awards? Uh, we, we, we mentioned triggering earlier. I think I was triggered most uh, when Daniel or Dan is done with like his first uh, interaction at like that suburban Nazi party. And Tony Collette has given him the background of all the other party goers. And he's going, okay, that Nazi is a teacher. That Nazi is a firefighter. That Nazi is a, a, like a lawyer. That was triggering. He's going, oh, that's right. They, are, they have like super normal professions. And then in the fact, like the, the the handsome Nazi guy, I don't know if you guys ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm going to show my nerd card. He reminded me a lot of the mayor from season three. Yes. yes. Where he's like super, he's got, he's got like this G. Williker sort of demeanor, but underneath he's just a big old snake. Yeah. He's an I, right. I wrote a note about Buffy um, during <laughs> the... When, when Dalex Jones is making his speech and he's saying like, if you flood Africa with white people, they call that genocide. But, and he's kind of saying, but like, it's not that bad. It reminded me of Spike in the Thanksgiving episode when he goes on this weird, like pro Columbus tangent. And he's <laughs> like, and he's like, people take over other people. It's what they do. Get over it. It was a long time ago. And I was like, holy fuck. But also his character is like evil. But like fun evil in the show, like oh yeah, Spike's great. Yeah, yeah. but then it reminded me of um, this. Th- I think that there was a white supremacist in my psych 101 class in college because he said some he said something very similar to he actually I think kind of said Spike's speech word for word in an early <laughs> class, and I could see the professor be like. <laughs> And we were all like, oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> they let one into the liberal arts college on yeah, the Upper East yeah. Side. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot believe that this predominantly white institution housed a white supremacist. <laughs> what? But, yeah. That was really scary, I agree. Because it's, it's like you forget that, you know, they have to be sort of undercover with all this. And... Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's true. That's what's scary about this movie. It's it's sort of just uh, it seems so outlandish for that time, probably. But now I feel like people wouldn't even want to watch this movie because it's just like, oh, cool, yeah. just like another day in like North Carolina. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Just another barbecue. Oh. God. Okay. So, do we want to move on to awards? I'm down. Cool. Here on the Tony Awards, we give three awards to each and every movie, first of which is best prop. So, Chris, what was your best prop? Uh, Dan Radcliffe's eyebrows. Yes. They are so big and furry. They're like caterpillars. I love them. And they're so expressive. <laughs> Incredible. Perry, what about you? Um, I think the tattoo that they put on Daniel Radcliffe was pretty good. I don't know if that's a prop. I guess Both it counts. Prop. Yeah, it counts. I Anything it is was, a problem. But I was just, I don't know why. I guess any, like, forced tattoo really scares me. So I was like, wow, that looks really real. <laughs> that made the whole thing feel very, like, for me, I was like, oh, my God. Like, he would actually have to do that. 
Yeah. Like I wonder good. if they were like they were like, why don't you have one already? Yeah. Well, I guess because he pretended else? he was in the military, so. Yeah. I don't know. Was it a, what, what was it? Was it like, a, was it a swastika? I don't know what it was. I don't they really see it, see it. They never, really never showed it. it. Yeah. yeah. But scared me, so that's mm-hmm. my prop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my best prop was the piss balloon. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jake? Well, I was going to say the plastic, uh, the swastika cupcakes, but I actually went with um, classical music, specifically Brahms. <laughs> just the way they listen to it. Everyone in a movie always listening to classical music is always just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that part? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, what was your best Tony moment? Mine? Yeah. Um, I guess the line, because I wrote it down in my, like, eight notes. You don't think I'm mommy material? <laughs> but, um, I just, I'm like, yeah, I do. But I was just, I think that scene when she was talking about her kids, because they were just chilling in the car. Oh, I think that's when they were drinking. Yes. I love that. She's such a nice, I just want to hang out with both of them. So. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris? Uh, when she says, fuck it, and lights up a cigarette after scenes after scene after scene of chewing Nick Rick, um just says, fuck it, I'm having a cigarette. We fucked up. Yeah. What about you, Perry? Um, I think like the when they're in that like first bar and she's drinking like a like a whiskey and then he's drinking like a red wine and she just <laughs> <being, like, laughs> <laughs> He looks so uptight. Yeah. And and he and she says something like, I know the type of guy you are, like you've been you've been bullied around, like or whatever. Glasses. <laughs> it's like, how does she know this? And why does this matter? <laughs> and he's like, How do you know? <laughs> She's so short. Like, dainty like cabernet. It's like it just was like funny display of and what was that that bar seems so weird and they're just talking so loudly about all this. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I never see bars with boots like that. I mean, I haven't seen any bars in months, which I'm upset about, but... You're lucky. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Have you been in bars? Oh, I just work in one. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, there's just deranged people still going in every single day. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. I tested. It's okay. Yeah. Whenever uh, I see anyone indoor dining, I like say to my boyfriend, I'm just like, what are they doing in there? <laughs> they can't <laughs> like, cook. Every time. Yeah. Today I walked by an old man on the street eating outside and he seems to be on his third bowl of soup because there were two empty stacked ones. <laughs> <laughs> but at and least I was like, outside. Yeah, honestly, goals. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to be on my third bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've only had four. I've only had two today. <laughs> uh, my best Tony moment was when the FBI boss was trying to convince Daniel Radcliffe not to go undercover, and he was like, "You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna slit your throat and then pull your tongue out through the throat hole." And Tony just goes, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> you know, that guy was a dick. Lost too. He Who sucked. <laughs> That like guy. Every scene was he was just going, I fucking hate you guys. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, when when the Nazis were saying they were like, we have ties in the local police force, in the FBI, I was like, that's the guy. 
I was like, that's the white supremacist in the FBI. The one who's casually trying to... His last name was Hernandez, though, so I don't think he was necessarily... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's keeping a secret from the FBI and from the white supremacists. Double hitter! Yeah. Yeah. Can be a white Hispanic. Um, So, okay, our next award is a custom award. Uh, Perry, what was yours? A what award? A custom yeah, just like any award. It's okay if you Anything don't have you one. Um, I'd say probably... Or if you want to go... Oh, what, no, go ahead. Sorry. What kind of genre is this? Like, is it just like any... I was going to say, if you want to go last and listen to ours, you can... Yeah, can I hear one of yours first? Just so yes. I get an example? Okay. I mean, I used to be an improviser, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's, you know, got to flex those muscles. Yeah. Uh, mine was uh, similar to what you said last, the best, like, character building scene really the only one for daniel radcliffe was like the beginning he goes to the liquor store and buys a bottle of wine and the guy's like hot day tonight and he's like yeah and then it's him alone in his apartment drinking wine and reading a book i i related to that it was really good though yeah (laughs) um my custom award was most interesting opening quote because it begins with a sentence that i forget what it says but it's like words build bridges into a new world or something and then the source like fades in and it's adolf hitler it's like i know i went whoa (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like imagine if the movie wasn't about nazis (laughs) yeah it's like it's like a cartoon about koala Tony's been in two of those, so it wasn't a random <laughs> reference. Uh, Chris, what was yours? Uh, most intense moment. And I got to give it to Toby from This Is Us. That entire campground pickup truck scene. He's terrifying. Yeah, so scary. And his beard is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for your examples. I'm ready to do the Herald now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, I'm kidding. Um, RIP. Um, I would say at the very end when the wife of the hot young dad goes into the car and like gives him that like glaring look kind of like yeah like what like I don't know because I felt like that was worse than the look that the actual Nazi gave him but the (laughs) wife's look was like yeah like Like, I made that motherfucker cupcakes yeah and she was like so sad that her husband was gonna die five minutes yeah. ago and now he gets to live and she's sad it was that was weird because it was like she knew but i think she knew they were all gonna die because um. because they were right next to the bomb garage because their kids were gonna die too if they jesus said christ oh right i thought they were gonna move it i thought Maybe they were gonna they, move it too i think they Maybe. were gonna light it up oh I don't know. Like Maybe frame. I don't know how bombs work, but I didn't think that they were gonna like transport it. But I was yeah, not clear on the bomb. The end, that's like a, I don't think they made it clear, so I think no, it either way know. is. But yeah, whoever that woman was, she was sassy. This <laughs> <laughs> so the sassy award for <laughs> the white supremacist oh, no, wife. My husband's going to jail for life. How dare you, <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> She's played by Helena Bottom Carter. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Jake, 
Your favorite movie that we've covered so far on this podcast has been Miss You Already. Is this movie better than Miss You Already? I'm going to say no. Okay. Well, that's something. <laughs> I mean, no, you know what? I, th- I think that I would pick Miss You Already over this. Like, as, as well. far as rewatchability, I'd probably watch this again, actually, because yeah. I wouldn't literally cry. I don't ever want to watch Miss You Already again, but like, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Catherine Hardwick directed it from Twilight. From Twilight. Yes. Happiest Season. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I'll watch that again. I wish uh, Tony was in that. Me too. Uh, does anybody have anything to plug? That's a good... Like uh, anything that they're... <laughs> you guys doing anything? Um, I'm doing a show at the Triple Crown Basement with my uh, house team called The Clowns. Uh, we'll be performing there at <laughs> 7 p.m. next Saturday. You can find us down in the basement. You Not- made it onto a Triple Crown house team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> You're so impressed with yourself. Wait, is that you true? Go, ah. No. <laughs> I have nothing to plug. Oh, I thought it was real. And I was like, I thought you said you were afraid of indoor dining. No, No, I was completely joking. Because I just think it's funny when people plug things like that. (laughs) AKA Sam and I a year ago on the podcast. (laughs) Oh my God. No plug. Just me. It's just me now. Just just Perry After Dark with my mouse. (laughs) Amazing. I'm going to plug in my phone charger. (laughs) <laughs> cool cool um wait chris you host a podcast right i do uh it's called i can explain that where me and my co-host comedian chris baysmore have guests on and we persuade you to let us look through your internet search history Ooh. and then you have to explain the weird shit you've been looking up that's yeah. a really good idea it is a good idea. See, that's a real but plug. Ha- now I feel like I feel like such a <laughs> monster. <laughs> how do you keep them from deleting their search history before they go on the podcast? Oh yeah. Honor system. Just trust. We trust that you'll let us look through your private information, and then tell, tell strangers. Them, do you tell them when they look like. Do they know that you're coming? Kind of thing. Well, usually we'll <laughs> premise it like, "Hey, we're going to go through your phone. You can either like give us free reign over the phone." Okay. Or if you like, you can take screenshots of the history you're comfortable with people knowing about and send it ahead of time. Usually, we've had mostly comics on. They're usually okay with people knowing what their internet search history is like. Imagine you get there and the person's search history is completely clear. And they're like, I just wanted to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, I just want to <laughs> <just wanna> talk. <laughs> that sounds like a good podcast for a FBI sting investigation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we have reached the end of our podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming on. This um, was so fun. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you to Sam Posnack's mom for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.